Good morning, everyone. This morning we are in Exodus 17. So the Israelites are still out in the desert and they're struggling with their survival. They're seeing God continue to provide over and over. But then he he uh he lets them struggle. He lets them he lets them face hunger, he lets them face thirst. He 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 he, he takes care of them and he has taken care of them. But he also lets them go through struggles and to learn to wait on God, to learn to trust God, and they need to learn. And they're they're not learning quickly. They tend to tend to easily respond to their emotional crisis and then want a resolution immediately instead of having perspective to wait on God. And that's what we see here in Exodus 17. Let's pick it up. Then all the congregation of the sons of Israel journeyed by stages from the wilderness of sin, according to the command of the Lord, and camped at Rephidim, and there was no water for the people to drink. And again, that's a horrible thing uh, to be out in a desert without water. So I, I do have compassion. Um, and, and they're dealing with you know their wives. They're dealing with their children. <laughs> Could be the men who are complaining uh, most. But anyways, they're, they're trying to provide for their families and you know the people are getting pressured probably the fathers are getting pressured Moses is getting pressured come on where are we going to get water therefore the people quarreled with Moses now think of how much Moses God has done and used Moses as their leader to do i mean they're getting manna and quail from you know miraculously they've gotten water before and they said to Moses, give us water that we may drink. And Moses said to them, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water, and they grumbled against Moses and said, why now have you brought us up from Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? So they really come out to Moses with an accusation, and, and basically now they're at an emotional point where they're like, why are we even here? We should just go back to Egypt. And they're acting emotionally. And now they have reasons. There's things that are not working out well at the moment. But instead of having a more mature and broader perspective and seeing that God has provided for them in the past and he'll provide again, in their crisis, they're acting emotionally and they're grumbling. and. Boy, is this uh, interesting, right? And do we do this? Do, do you struggle with this in the sense that when we have a crisis moment in our life, instead of being patient, instead of having perspective, do we start grumbling against people, people in our lives, husbands, wives, maybe our leaders, maybe our church? We just start grumbling because of some kind of disappointment. And sometimes, we fail to see the bigger picture. We fail to step out and say, well, maybe God's doing something in this. And being patient, waiting on God, not making a mountain out of a molehill. Uh, it's it's like people to, um, to grumble and complain. You know, <laughs> I, I want to share this and hopefully kind of have some fun with it. Uh, you know, in the past week at our church, we we closed down because we had an electrical problem, which also meant that we didn't have heat. Well, it came on and 
and we likely could have had church, but we we didn't because we made the decision to close. Blah blah blah. Well, anyways, you know, I we we had some people really mad, and in the same day that I had someone mad, I also got an email from. So I got multiple emails from different people. One said, "Oh, that was a really responsible thing to do. Uh, no worries at all. You know what? We watched from home. We watched online." You know, it was a, a rough day. And so I get like this really affirming email in that direction. And the same day I get something, someone's really mad, you know, that we closed. Isn't that interesting, right? I also, listen to, listen to this is kind of funny too. And I'm not, I, I, every, either one of those is entitled to their opinion, but it's just, it's just interesting, right? Listen to this. I, I get sometimes, um, people telling me, oh, the church sends out too many communications. We get too many communications. The church has got to cut down on their communications. Well, obviously I communicate, you know, I don't do all the communications, but the stuff that I do, I do because I think people need it. Otherwise I wouldn't do it. Right. Well, so the other day, so I'm at a men's retreat actually right now. And last week I said, Hey, we're going to meet for our meeting, our Thursday meeting, but next week we won't meet because I'll be at the men's retreat. So I I communicate that to a group about a meeting a week later that we won't be having it because I'm going to be on a men's retreat. Well, then I'm like, well, should I send out another message? You know, like, you know, that day that we'd have it or like the day before reminding them, remember, we don't have a meeting. Well, I'm thinking, you know what? People have complained some, a few that I'm sending too many messages, so I won't get a message. Well, then guess what happens? I get someone contacting me saying, hey, everyone's wondering if we're having a meeting today. (laughs) So you know, I just like perspective. I just want to like share with people when you are in a position of leadership, you know, as a church or whatever in an organization, you will have people complaining to you on both sides of the same issue. And one says you're doing too much. One says you're not doing enough. One says they compliment you on doing this. And for the same thing they complimented you, one person's complaining. It's just the way it is. It's the way that people are. It, it you know, there's there's when you're in leadership there's grumbling and complaining and this is what Moses is dealing with but what i want to say is that sometimes it's appropriate right like sometimes there's a reason we have to speak up and it's not always wrong so that's there's truth in that but sometimes i think in maturity when we mature in Christ when our circumstances are hard or when our needs aren't being met, we can step back and take a broader view and see that we can trust God and maybe we we don't have to complain. Maybe we don't have to grumble. Maybe we maybe we can understand that, you know what, this is my perspective, but you don't know it all, right? Like a lot of times we make a judgment about somebody else from the perspective that we have, but we don't actually know what they're actually dealing with. We presume though we do. So then we make an accusation or judgment about somebody else, not knowing what is actually going on because we're not them and we haven't experienced everything that that they have going on in their lives. So sometimes we have to have the maturity that we don't know everything. And, you know, our opinion is right, right? Think about that. It's kind of interesting to think about. Our opinion is right. If you have an opinion and you believe something, well, you believe it. So then you're right, right? But not everyone's opinion is right. Do you understand what I'm saying? Meaning 
when people have an opinion, they think they're right, and in their eyes, they're right because that's their opinion. But but not everyone's opinion's right because you can have two people that have a different opinion about the same issue, and they're not both right. You know what I mean? But they 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 think they are. So one of the things that we have to be careful of is pride. Is that in our own opinion, we think we're right, but sometimes we may not be, and, and sometimes we could have the wisdom to say, you know what, maybe I'm not right. And in this case, the Israelites. They're struggling, but they're not right that they should go back to Egypt. They're dead wrong. They're dead wrong that they should go back to Egypt. But in their minds, they think they're right because of the fact that they're struggle at the moment. So sometimes when we when we have opinions, when we have a grumble, we need to first pray, seek God, wait on God, and not act emotionally, but realize there's a bigger picture. You know, I just heard an amazing testimony. I was talking to a man who went through, you know, a job situation and, and admittedly says he made some mistakes. And all of a sudden, the Lord gave this man perspective. It was a God thing. It was an incredible God thing. The Lord gives this man perspective, Holy Spirit perspective. And he realizes, you know what? I made a mistake. I need to go back and apologize and say I made a mistake. And soon as he realized and acknowledged his mistake and humbled himself and did what was right, all of a sudden everything starts falling into place. Like things start moving forward. Like it's like God opened the door of blessing. And it was after someone gained perspective. Like nothing changed at, at, at that moment. Nothing changed in their life. Nothing changed except the Holy Spirit gave them deeper understanding perspective, changed their perspective. And as a result of starting to see things the way that God saw them, all of a sudden, things in life changed. So, you know what? Where, forget about me, forget about the church, forget about whatever. Where are you struggling and grumbling and complaining? And is it possible that where you're grumbling and complaining, God wants you to see something? And that maybe it's not going to change until you gain the perspective that God wants you to have. That's what these Israelites needed. They needed a change of perspective. You know, they didn't have water. They needed to say, God's provided all these miracles, all these things. We need to just wait on God and trust on God. And that's exactly what God's wanting. He's wanting them to have that perspective. But he's going to provide water for them now so that they can begin to learn again and again that they can trust God. So God tells uh, Moses to struck the, you know, use his staff to strike the rock and water shall come out and the people will drink. And Moses did verse 6. In the sight of the elders of Israel, he named the place Massa and Meribah because of their quarrel of the sons of Israel and because they tested the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? When things were going well, they tested the Lord. Is the Lord among us? The Lord is among you. The Lord is among you. But sometimes he wants you to, to see something. He wants me to see something. And he's wanting to get our attention and we need to seek his perspective so that we begin to see things the way he does. And sometimes that's what it's going to take to unveil 
the next season or the next blessing or the next thing God has for us, he wants us to gain that perspective. Wow, pretty amazing. So anyways, then in verse 8, now the Israelites, they get water. They needed it because now Amalek uh, is going to come and fight against Israel. And this is going to be now the first battle that they're going to have to face. And I don't think they're prepared. I I don't mean for war, but um, Joshua comes on the scene in verse 9. And Moses charges Joshua to basically develop an army to go fight against Amalek. And even though they're unprepared, Moses goes up on a mountain and he raises his hands. And what I believe is he's trying to show Israel is that God is with them. God is for them. And Moses is holding his staff up on his hands on the mountain. And as he holds his staff up, God allows Israel to prevail, but Moses' arms get tired. And then Israel's not doing so well in the battle, so they prop Moses' arms up under under rocks so that he can hold that staff up. And so Israel can see that through Moses, God is working on their behalf to get victory. And sure enough, even though they are an untrained army, they're able to defeat their enemy, Amalek. And uh, God then says, after he gives them victory, Verse 14, then the Lord said to Moses, write this in a book as a memorial and recite it to Joshua. Then I will utterly blot out the memory of Amalek from under heaven. Moses built an altar and named it, the Lord is my banner. And he said, the Lord has sworn, the Lord will have war against Amalek from generation to generation. Two kinds of memorial things here. It's interesting. He says, write what happened, the fact that you got this victory in a book. So it's a memorial so that you can recite it, so that you can remember it, so you can pass it on to future generations that God provided. And then also Moses built an altar. And he celebrated the victory that God had given them. And, you know, there's something to be said, like even this uh, man who, you know, may really be getting blessed with this changes perspective. These are things that God wants us to remember. When God moves in our lives, it's okay to like remember that, to like write it down and to have that strength in your resolve to follow God throughout the history of your life. Do you remember when that happened? I probably have shared this, you know, uh, in one of these podcasts before, but man, we were, we were uh, three weeks into the, this church planning uh, 14 years ago. And, you know, uh, gosh, there's so much I could share and I won't, but but here I gave like this hour long message the first week of our new church and about how we were going to make disciples and how we were going to do it in an authentic way. And actually looking back, I, I really think I, I, I was I was right and I was wrong. And, and there was things I was definitely wrong about that. Honestly, I needed a change of perspective. Well, shoot, after that first week, our launch it was like 30 some people came back the next week. I was speaking in an intensive discipleship church kind of thing and. And that basically t- took our church in a direction for a number of years where I, I earned a, a kind of a reputation for the style of things that I was going to do. And and we struggled as a church for a long time. And just three weeks into it, we had like no money. And I'm like, God, what have you gotten me into? And it's like the 29th or 30th of December, I remember visibly where I was. I got on my knees in the basement of my old home and I prayed to God and I'm like, God, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what to do. I need your help, God. And I got on my knees 
And literally, it was either that day or the next day, I got a call from my brother who happened to be in a Bible study. And he, he wasn't part of our church or anything like that. And he's like, Jay, I just got a call on this guy who you don't know. But he said to me, hey, uh, can I get your brother's address? I want to send him a check. So he, my brother gave him my address. And, and he's like, Jay, I don't know what you know what's going to happen. I mean, but this guy... He just wanted your address. Somehow he wanted your address. I've never met the guy in my life. Uh, I never, I never, I never, I never even heard of him in my life, right? So uh, two days later, it's like the 31st now, I go to the mailbox at a church. There's a handwritten envelope, just, just handwritten, tiny envelope, no note, nothing with a check in it. And it was a check for $7,000. And at that time, with a little 30 person church, that was a big check. And I'll never forget that. Like it, it makes my spine tingle, like a Holy Spirit tingle. If you've ever had that, like I'll never forget that God provided for me that way. I'll never forget. And that was a strength, that sign of God, what he did there through all those many years of struggle that I had in planting this church, the many years where it was really small, the many years that I thought about, well, God, do you want me to just give up? Maybe, you know, he never let me give up. He never released me. He kept me going. And one of the signs was, why would he provide for me in that way if he wanted me to quit? And hallelujah, God gave me a perspective. And I'm so thankful that he, God, did not let me give up. Where do you need to get perspective? Maybe where you're grumbling and complaining. Where do we need wisdom on high so that we're not like the Israelites? that we give up when it's hard. May God strengthen your resolve and give you perspective to follow him. God bless you all.